what a privilege for all of us to be together this morning to worship our God. I missed standing here behind this pulpit and I missed being here at the hall. And it is a joy for us to be together to hear from God's word. For all of you listening, if you are here for the very first time, we want to take this time to welcome you to this family and to this fellowship. But can we get serious for a, for a few moments? 2020 has not been a pleasant year, hasn't it? Some of us can't even wait for the year to end. While the lockdown was a blessing in disguise for a few, it is a nightmare for others. Think about it. What started off as a pandemic soon led to other unfortunate incidents such as loss of job, loss of pay, loss of health too. Many around the world, and I know many here, maybe some of you listening to me, have had to go through personal tragedies, either related to COVID or outside of COVID, uncertainties, mishaps, trials. I'm sure that there are many here, many of you from home listening to me, who are hurting, who are brokenhearted, weary, lonely, and scared. Isn't that true? Probably some of you listening to me are in situations that you wish will soon pass away from you. Probably some of you are in situations wondering, why am I going through this? Probably some of us do not know the way out. Now, church, how can we help them? Have you ever thought about that? How can we help those who are hurting? Have we found ourselves in situations where we really wanted to help those, but we did not know how? What would I say? Would I offend them when I reach out? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like that? Well, instead of helping them, would I be hurting them? Now, listen to this. We all know the awkwardness of trying to think of something nice to say to someone who is going through adversity in their life. All of us would have at some point in time picked the phone, called the person, and then cut the phone because we do not know what to say. How can we help? We see people who are going through pain and agony and we want to reach out, but we really do not know how to do that. Wouldn't it be nice if someone were to explain to us exactly how we can support those who are suffering, how we can comfort those who are crying? And so, hence this sermon. But I have a confession to make this morning. I stand here not as an expert on the subject. I myself have failed many a times to show comfort, especially during the lockdown. But as the burden in my heart grew and with prayer, I asked the Lord to lay in my heart some simple, practical steps that I can learn and apply. And I want to share with all of you these same simple, practical steps on how all of us here, all of us listening as a church, how all of us can be helping the hurting and helping without hurting. That's the title of my sermon this morning. Helping the hurting and helping without hurting. So let me highlight three simple steps for us today. And those of you listening from home, listen to me carefully as we look together to God's word. How can we as a church, how can you as a brother and a sister in Christ, how can all of us, probably you are visiting us and you are part of another local fellowship. 
how can you how can we how can all of us help the hurting and help without hurting there are three simple things that i want to share or highlight this morning and i want all of us to pay careful attention number 1 in order for us to help the hurting and to help without hurting let our hearts be available let our hearts be available yes during the lockdown we have to maintain social distancing we cannot go and meet people like how we could meet them before that is true but even with these rules and regulations let our hearts be available now listen to me the ministry of the mercy acts of kindness reaching out to those who are in misery is not the responsibility of the faithful few what do i mean by that we we all know and it is an obvious fact that if something were to go wrong in church there is always the faithful few who will reach out and will get the job done isn't that right but many a times we are not part of the faithful few we know that there are those who are always committed to reach out to extend a hand of fellowship to comfort those who are struggling and they will get the job done but this ministry this act of mercy is not for the faithful few it is for those who are part of the fellowship of the body of the local church it is the role of the church as a whole some of us cannot sit here many of us at home cannot say well there are those who will get the job done therefore i don't need to do my part no it is my role it is your role it is all of us role it is your role those of you who are listening to me at home as well we as a church should come together and care and comfort for those who are struggling who are suffering who are going through pain and agony throughout the bible we see ample examples of people comforting other people isn't that true in first samuel chapter 1 verses 8 you don't have to turn the elkana comforted his wife when she was going through burden because they didn't have a child he said am i not worthy am i not do i not mean much more to you than seven sons he comforted his wife well when job went through problems he had three friends who came from their land from their homes they sat with him and they comforted him jesus also needed comfort and god the heavenly father sent angels to comfort jesus once in the time in the wilderness after his temptation and another the time in the garden of gethsemane in both of these instances god sent his angels to hug and comfort jesus christ well if we see ample examples like this in the bible then how much more should you and i as ch- as church members as calvary bible fellowship reach out to those who are struggling who are going through pain who have lost someone and then reach out to them and comfort them turn with me to the book of galatians chapter 6 and verses 2 and in galatians chapter 6 and verses 2 apostle paul says he says carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of christ carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of christ now even though the context here listen to me even though the context here is talking about burdens that is caused by temptation and spiritual failures all born again believers are exhorted to pursue others all born again believers are exhorted to pursue others help restore born again believers and we do that through prayer 
and encouragement. Look at the beautiful explanation that's given there. Carry each other's burden. Well, it does not say do it if you feel like doing it. Do it when only you think you are gifted to do that. No, it says we ought to do that to one another. Carry each other's burdens. Now, whatever that burden may be, it is my responsibility to carry each other's burden. How do we do that? Number one, be available. Make time for people in the church. Be available for one another. Be available. You know, our presence will always mean more to someone than any presence ever could. I'll say that again. Our presence, availability, will mean more to someone than any presence, gifts, could. More than doing anything else, more than giving something to someone, just being available and present for someone who is hurting would mean much more to them. Can I ask all of you an important question? Think of the moment then when you've gone through grief and sorrow, when you've been suffering and when you were in pain. Who is the first person that always comes to your mind that has always reached out to you? Now, if you're being honest with yourself, you would notice that that person is always readily available. You yourself have not only experienced it, you've heard other people say the same thing. Isn't that true? We should all be available to those who are hurting, comfort those who are struggling, especially in the, mo in the, in the situation that we go through in, in, the present, in the present world. In the gospel, in, in, the, in the letter of 1 John chapter 3, verses 18, you don't have to turn there. John reminds us by saying, love not just in words, but also in, in deeds. So to keep yourself available, to make yourself available, would sometimes include cooking a meal, calling up that person, going to their house, probably doing a chore that they require to be done at the house. Maybe they can't do it. Maybe they're too sorrowful. Maybe they're grieving. And you and I can make ourselves available, not just by showing love with words, but through deeds and actions as well. Yes, of course, by following all the rules and regulations laid down by the government. We should be available. Now listen to this. Availability is not based on our comfortability. You get that? Availability is not based on our comfortability. I do not make myself available only to those that I am comfortable with and that happens to us as born again believers well if murli has an issue i will be sure that i am there but if santos has an issue well i think somebody else will take care of it i'm not comfortable with him that is not what being available actually means now listen to this statement availability based on comfortability becomes partiality and it is in fact hypocrisy i'll say that again Availability based on comfortability actually becomes partiality and that is hypocrisy. Look at the Bible in the examples through the Gospels, whether it was a leprous man, whether it was a blind person, whether it was someone who did not take a shower for many days, Jesus never segregated those people. Whoever was in need, Jesus would reach out, he would hug them and he would comfort them. And I want to encourage each and every one of us in the light of how you and I can help those who are hurting and help without hurting. I want to remind each and every one of us, those of you at home, we ought to make ourselves available. 
let us make ourselves available let us physically be present with them let us help out in whatever way we can cook a meal for them call them well jobin um what if i'm an introvert what if i'm not comfortable talking to people what if i do not know how to start having a conversation isn't it true that some of us many of you at home myself included have gone through such awkward situations we've said something to someone only to regret later and say why did i ever say that so let me ask all of us a question are you trying to tell me that you since you started driving you always knew how to drive that you always knew how to ride a bike or is it that you and i had to learn how to drive right didn't we fall down from our bikes many a times crash our cars get bruises but did we stop did we say no i'm going to fall from my bike cuz i'm going to stop so i'm going to stop doing that so we can learn even though we are introverts are you trying to tell me that those of you who can cook was born with the ability to cook don't we remember the burnt chapatis the extra spice in the chicken curry some of us only know how to boil water and then pour it on ourselves also but does that mean that i stop cooking because of that no we learn we learn and you and i can pray and ask god to teach us to be available lord i'm not comfortable in this situation this is not my forte this is not my cup of tea but lord i choose to be available not only to those i'm comfortable with but to anyone and everyone who requires my presence i do not believe that the lord has brought the church together so that only some can help the others now it is true that the bible says that there are those who are gifted with the act of mercy and i praise god for them there are those who are so gifted so talented that they are so good sometimes we sit with them and we wonder how did they come up with that the right words to say that's great let them do their jobs while we just sit beside them and then shake our heads that is being available that's all that actually matters but are we willing to be available in order to help those who are struggling who are hurting and to help them without hurting you and i should make that decision to be available number 1 let our hearts be available number 2 let our minds be thoughtful let our hearts be available but at the same time let our minds be thoughtful it is important for us to be careful with the way we behave the way we talk what we should say what we should not say you and i ought to be thoughtful it's okay if we've created if we've made mistakes it's okay we've gone through blunders that's fine but you and i should learn and be thoughtful if you turn with me to the book of job and chapter 2 i'd like to read verses 11 and 13, 11 to 13 the book of job and chapter 2 verses 11 to 13 now look at what it says job chapter 2 verse 11 to 13 when job's three friends Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Now look at what it says. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Verse thirteen. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him 
because they saw how great his suffering was. No one said a word to Job. Why did they not say a word? Didn't they come from a far off place? Did they not come with the objective to comfort Job? Why did they not say anything to him? Because it was the custom of that day, at that time, in that place, amongst the people that was living there, to allow the grieving person to express himself first. Did you understand that point? It was the custom of that day, at that time, among the people living there, to allow the grieving person to express himself first. Now, wouldn't this be a good principle for you and for me to follow and adopt and practice in our Christian lives when we help someone? Well, you know what I'm going to do? I might not know what to say, how to behave. I'll make myself available and give that person a chance to express their grief, their sorrow, their pain. And I will not do or say anything till they express it. That's good. They just sat with him. They saw his suffering without saying a word. They were willing to make themselves available and they were very thoughtful at that time. Now, I am willing to make myself available. I am willing to be thoughtful, but I do not know what to say. I think that's a common problem for us. What do I say? Which Bible verse do I bring out? What beautiful story can I remind them about? You know what? We really do not have to say anything. We do not have to have all the answers solve all the problem or sometimes we even do not need to speak we do not need to be speak we need to be thoughtful we ought to be thoughtful in knowing when to talk how to talk and what to say based on the situation and circumstances now listen to me sometimes silence helps sometimes silence heals sometimes silence helps and sometimes silence heals. And maybe some of us think, well, because I don't know what to say would be better for me not to go and help out. Why don't you and I go out and tell that, just go to the person who's, who's going through struggles in their life and say, I am willing to sit next to you. I might not know what to say. I don't know what verse to quote, but I am willing to just sit and be quiet and listen to you as you go through your pain, your sorrow, your suffering. If you turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, what does it say there? There is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now look at the next phrase. There is a time to embrace and there is a time to refrain from embracing. Those are acts of thoughtfulness. Well, it does not mean that every time we ought to go and hug that person. No. Well, it doesn't mean that every time I have the answer. No. Well, how would I know to do these things? Well, let us be thoughtful. When we make ourselves available to those who are going through problems and difficulties and based on their response, wait and then help them out. Does that make sense to us? Well, that is something that you and I could actually do if you're not sure of what to say. And when we sit with gifted people, brothers and sisters, let's observe, watch, and then learn to apply those things when they help out somebody else. If they need space, let's give them space. If they ask for help, let's reach out. If they are quiet, let's watch, pray, and wait. If they need space, let's give them the space that they want. Let's not barge into their house. If they ask for help, make ourselves available. 
When we ask and if they are quiet, let's be patient, watch, pray and wait for them. But Jobin, what if they are quiet now, the people who struggle, what if they are quiet now and then later say that there was no one to help them in their time of need? Let's still be thoughtful. Let's still be gracious. Let's still be patient. Isn't it true that we all have different ways of expressing grief and sorrow? Isn't it true that the way you deal with grief is so different from the way I deal with grief? Probably there is a moment of sadness and then there is an outburst of rage and anger. Let's allow them the grace to express themselves and be thoughtful and listen to what they have to say. Philippians chapter 4 and verses 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Gentleness is that quality by which a person reacts to somebody else. It will be noticed. You get that? Gentleness is that quality that will be, that is expressed in the way a person reacts to somebody else. It will be noticed. And the word of God reminds us, encourages us that it's not only enough for, for us to be gentle, but others should also see that my gentleness is noticed and they can experience my gentleness. When I think of gentleness, there is one brother in our church that comes to our mind. And I'm sure you are also thinking of the same person. The way in which he deals with all of us, some of us with absolute gentleness. The way he talks to us, the way he comforts us, the way he speaks to us from God's word. We've always seen that brother react to us with utmost gentleness. We can look at him as he imitates Christ and we can do the same exact thing. We ought to be grateful. We ought to be gentle with those who are struggling in whatever they must be going through. And at the same time, let us learn to keep and make our hearts available and also make our minds to be very thoughtful. Dave Furman was a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary. And after he graduated, his desire was to serve the Lord in the Middle East. Dave got married to Gloria. And when they moved to the Middle East, a couple of years after they got married, he started to develop pain in his hands. Both his hands, basically his entire arms. I forgot the name of the condition, but there was a nerve issue that he had. So much so that every day, 24-7, Dave Furman goes through intense pain and agony in both of his hands. He has intense pain so much so he was never able to pick up his children. He is not able to shake a hand. He's not able to give a hug to anyone. His wife has to help him do a lot of chores. His wife has to help him do a lot of things for himself. His wife would probably have to place his laptop in front of him, place his hands there so that he can type. But he wanted to serve the Lord. I'm speaking about Dave Furman, who is the pastor of Redeemer Church Dubai, a church that has about 500 to 600 members. Now, I'm not talk, sharing the story to talk, you, talk to you about the number of people that go there. I want to remind all of us that Dave in his weakness was used by God to serve God's holy people. My eldest brother goes to the church and when he shared the story with me, I will never forget the phrase that he said. He said, we have a pastor who is just like us. 
We have a pastor who is just like us. Well, Dave would not probably be able to hug his members or shake their hand, but I'm sure that because he is in ministry with the church, he makes himself available. He is thoughtful to their needs. He instructs them from the word of God and you see the blessing in the church. There is blessing in our church as well because we have gifted brothers and sisters who have reached out to us, have helped us so many times in our time of need. And now it is the time for us to rise up and take this this responsibility. Probably some of us sitting here or some of you listening to me might be thinking, I will not help unless I myself receive help. Well, I myself am going through difficulties and situations that I cannot understand. How then can I help someone else? Well, there is nobody here in church who's reached me, reached out to me. I'm struggling on my own. I wish there was someone to call me and help me out. Why then should I help somebody else? So this sermon also serves as a, as a warning to each and every one of us. Do not take our Christian duty lightly. It is to encourage us to learn that we can understand, we, to understand that we can learn these skills from the Lord. But at the same time, it is so that you and I will not become idle when it comes to serving one another, comforting those who are going through difficulties, shortcomings in their life. So I want to encourage all of us, remind all of us once again this morning. Let our hearts be available and let our minds be thoughtful. Number three. Let our eyes see Jesus. Let our eyes see Jesus. And it is not enough for our hearts to be available and our minds to be thoughtful. But I think the best step in which you and I can learn in helping others is for us to see Jesus and allow others also to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was good in helping the hurting. And Jesus was exceptional in helping without hurting. Isn't that true? We can learn from the Lord Jesus Christ as to how we can help those who are going through troubles. Read the Gospels. Read how Jesus helped those who are going through difficulties and troubles in their life. Whether it was one-on-one -on -one with the Samaritan woman, John's Gospel chapter 4, or it was with the multitude, the Gospel of Matthew and chapter 5, Jesus knew how to show care and compassion. Isn't that true? There were many a times when Jesus would walk with the crowd with an intention to do something in the next village and along the way, anybody in need, he had the time to be available, thoughtful, stop, stop in his steps and help the person in need. And you and I ought to let our eyes see Jesus. Turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 9 and verse 36. Now listen to this. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them because he saw that they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Another passage. Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One more passage. The Gospel of John chapter 11 verses 34 and 35. Can somebody read that verse for me? John chapter 11 verse 34 and 35. Okay. Okay. Let me just read verses 34 also. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Jesus wept. Now Jesus weeping was different from the weeping of the people. Isn't that true? Well, Jesus crying and shedding tears was different from the way the people cried and shed the tears. He was weeping over the tragic consequence of sin. It is the consequence of sin that is the cause of all sorrow, pain and death. Isn't that true, brothers and sisters? All that we are going through right now is because of the consequence of sin. And it is because of the depravity that is there in the heart of mankind. And that is why, because we cannot care for each other, we are not bothered about helping each other, we do not follow rules and regulations, the virus is spread. And imagine the number of loss of life because you and I are only concerned about ourselves. That is the consequence of sin. Romans chapter 3 verses 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death. All who are born into this world are born as sinners and those who are born in sin, those who live without God, those who die without God and in their sin will be removed from the presence of God and be thrown into eternal damnation. It was for this consequence of sin that Jesus came into the world and paid the penalty through his death on the cross so that those who believe in him those who believe in Jesus Christ through the Lord Jesus and through him alone, if you trust, you will have eternal life. When Jesus saw the depravity of man, he could not bear to see how you and I were suffering and he comforted us in our lost state by going to the cross to die for our sins. Well, if there is anybody sitting here, those of you listening to me, probably for the very first time since you're visiting us, if you have never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we as a church and as a family would love to encourage you to enter into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All you need to do wherever you are sitting is to say, Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. Would you please forgive me? Would you give me your eternal life? Now, belief in Jesus removes the penalty of sin. It gives us freedom in Christ, but it does not remove the troubles from the world. You get that? Well, we have freedom from the penalty of sin, but we do not have freedom from the troubles of this world. Belief in Jesus gives me the grace to face tough situations in life because Jesus lives I can face tomorrow. But it not only gives me grace to face the situations in lives, it gives me the grace to help others also going through the same problem. So let our eyes see Jesus. 
And when we talk to someone, let's remind them also to look at Jesus. I can talk to you words of comfort. I can talk to you words of grace. But it is Jesus alone who gives you, who gives you his comfort. And all of us need to learn to point others to the Lord Jesus Christ. As we point ourselves to Jesus every single day. The gospel reminds me of the freedom I have in Christ. But the gospel also reminds me that in the difficulties I go through, he gives me freedom. And I can help others also experience freedom because of the gospel. Jesus was good at doing that. We can learn a lot from him. Would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians in chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. Look at what the word of God says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. This is a good passage to keep in our mind. The grace of God is best seen and experienced usually not in the best of times, but in the worst of times. Isn't that true? The grace of God is not seen best it is not experienced usually in the best of times, but it is experienced best in the worst of times. So like Apostle Paul, you and I can also say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 10. Some of us think, well, how can we help others when I am going through situations and circumstances like this? It is at those moments that you can best help others. Why? Because you look at Jesus and they have forgotten and you can probably remind them also to gaze upon Jesus Christ. So when we help others who are hurting, when we help those who are going through problems, remember 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 5, uh, verses uh, 3 to 4. And what does it tell us to do? Remind them of who God is. Remind them of who God is. Remind people who are going through difficulties, problems and situations. Remind them of who God is. What does it say there in that passage? He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father of compassion and He is the God of all comfort. Now listen to me. When we comfort someone from the passage here, we are not asked to give a theological explanation about the existence of God. That is not what we are supposed to do. It is just a fresh reminder of the promises of God. So when we sit with someone, it does not mean, brother, how can you forget God? Do you know who God is? Can I open to you the book of Ezekiel and explain to you a few verses from Chronicles and remind you of who God is? God is sovereign, in control. You cannot question him. No, that's not what you're supposed to say. Remind people of his promises from God's word. What verses from scripture comes to your mind that we can use to comfort those who are hurting? Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 8. Jesus is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Remind people of who God is. 
probably because of the situation their eyes have become clouded their hearts have become too heavy and all that they need is for someone to lift their head and point them to the lord jesus christ all we need to do is remind the lord will do the comforting but remind them from scripture so it would be good to memorize 10 verses that we can by heart so we can be ready to offer words of comfort we don't talk to them about who god is we remind them of who god is number 2 reminisce your experiences what does that verse say about god the god of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from god maybe we can go and be with those who are struggling and sit and be quiet hear them out let them pour their heart out and we don't have to give them a solution we could probably talk to them of similar situations that we've gone through and how the lord comforted us not offer a solution from it but let them hear rem you reminiscing your experiences of god's comfort but jobin well what if they're not willing to listen to god what if they're not willing to listen to his promises remember point number 2 let's be thoughtful let's continue to be thoughtful to them let's not judge pull them down create barriers for them and say you need to reach this position no well if they don't need to listen to god right now it's fine god is patient and god is kind and you and i at all points in time should understand that our hearts ought to be available and our minds ought to be thoughtful while our eyes look to Jesus When Ruby and I conceived in the fourth month scan for baby Judah the doctor revealed to us that Judah would be born with a condition called clubfoot Ruby was very strong at that time it took me a while to get on board with the sovereign plan of God and we were hurting Wouldn't any parent want their child to be born perfect then why us many a times I asked God And when Judah was born with the condition we shared it with family and friends and people in church many comforted us at that point in time but i will never forget the comfort that my own brother told me when i told my brother that my baby will be born with the condition he looked at me and he said it's okay i was also born with a condition my brother was born hearing impaired he cannot hear he cannot talk and he was born like that and he in his weakness could understand what i was going through he comforted me and my joy was restored because he told me i was also born like that and god's plan was that my nephew would also be born like that many a times you and i think in our weaknesses we cannot help only if i overcome this i will be able to help no it's probably in your moments of utmost weakness that god will lose you uh, god will help you if you have lost your job you can be a better person to help others who have lost their jobs by showing that your eyes are fixed on jesus that you've lost a family member you've lost somebody through death because of covid or out of covid you can show others who might be going through the same thing by fixing your eyes and your gaze on jesus christ psalm 34 verses 18 says the lord is close to the broken hearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit that comfort 
that comes from God today is channeled through God's people, through Calvary Bible Fellowship, through the means of encouragement, acts of love and gentleness. So Calvary Bible Fellowship, let our hearts be available, let our minds be thoughtful, and let our eyes see Jesus. Shall we pray and close? Our gracious God, our loving and our living Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That you are the God of all comfort. You have comforted us. We acknowledge, we express that. Lord, when we were sinners, when we were outside the camp, when we were lost in sin and shame, you comforted us by sending us your begotten Son into this world to die for wretched sinners like us. We are so comforted because of the grace and the saving act of Jesus for us on the cross of Calvary. But Father Lord, in the light of what we heard, enable us also to comfort those with the comfort we receive from you. And so Lord, teach us. Let our hearts be available. Let our minds be thoughtful and let our eyes see Jesus. Lord, enable us not to say that we will only help those when we are helped, but rather to go out of our way to make ourselves available. Lord, many of us struggle in that area. We do not know what to say. Teach us, Lord, to change our hearts to be loving like you, compassionate like you, caring like you. Father, we pray that Calvary Bible Fellowship would become a hospital to mend broken hearts, to give them the grace and the care that they require. Father, we pray that we would do this in the light of your coming because we know that you might come today. And if you are to return, what a joy! What an absolute joy for us to live in your presence. But Lord, if you choose to tarry for reasons that's known only to you, enable us to live a life that is worth pleasing to you. And on the basis of what you reminded us through the power of the Spirit this morning, Lord, we desire to make our hearts available. We desire that our minds would be thoughtful. And we desire that at all points in time, that our eyes will see Jesus. All this we ask in the name of our soon coming Savior and King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.